what I find works on TikTok is just your personality being yourself. And once you conquer that, it's the easiest kind of content you can ever make. So once you've got used to seeing yourself on camera and you can talk for a minute about your expertise or that little episode in your day that just happened that's relatable or to ask an opinion of your viewers, it's quick and it's easy. It's just you. There's no sort of polished, clever editing skills involved. It's you, maybe some good audio and some decent lighting, but you can even get away with not having that too much. So that's like really a very liberating sort of confidence step forward where it can just be you in the camera. And that's what people are going to like about you most is you've been able to talk to camera. On today's episode, I'm joined by Penny Walker, of Barbrusa Social. Penny specializes in teaching fun-loving lifestyle brands how to create great content for TikTok so that they can make more money. Her goal is to give you the skills, confidence, and mindset to produce effective short-form video fast without eating into your busy day. Sounds great, doesn't it? So, Penny, thank you so much for joining me on the Audience Growth Podcast today. Thanks, Nikki. Lovely to be here. So I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about TikTok because I am really fascinated by TikTok. I'm really interested by the way that you are shaping your business around making money through TikTok. But first of all, can you introduce yourself to people and maybe tell us a bit about what has led to this point? What came before TikTok? Right. Okay. Well, hi, I'm Penny and I'm the owner of Barbrisa Social and I'm a TikTok expert and trainer. In a previous life, I taught Instagram. I lived in Italy for a long time. I moved to England in 2015 and retrained in social media, having done marketing for a long time. And I really, really loved the IGTV. Do you remember that old IGTV? Oh, yeah. That no one really cared about, but it was an unloved (laughs) corner of Instagram. But I just loved the video side to it. And then in 2020, Reels were introduced in lockdown. And I was like, oh, yeah, now you're talking. Like, I just loved the way that you could just deliver all the information in a video rather than reading about it. Made a lot of sense to me. So I started teaching Reels. And then I was like, hang hang on, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. People are starting to talk about TikTok. There are a lot of furloughed businesses that like cooks, gardeners, interior people who'd started doctors creating accounts on TikTok when they were at home. And I was like, there's room for business here. And no one was really talking about it in the Instagram world. So I'm just going to go and sort of devour every bit of information I can because I think I already sort of know how to put videos together. And that's what I did. And I found a TikTok teacher I did like some intensive training with etc and got started probably in about the summer of 21 and I just noticed really quickly as I think I had about 40 followers when I booked my first clients because I was talking about TikTok I was excited about TikTok and I was just a tiny bit ahead of other people and I realized that no one at the time really understood it or you know, they're excited by it, but not didn't understand it. So it jumped on a bandwagon that's still marching forward and loving it. So right from the off, you were teaching people how to use TikTok. Yeah. Love it. Yep. What an early adopter. <laughs> Is it, are you always like that? <laughs> no, I don't think I am. No, I do have a sniff around early on, but sometimes I was like, oh, I can't be doing with it. Or I just want to wait and see if it's got any traction. I wasn't really an early adopter, probably by age group I was, but not by sort of business terms. If I could have started in 2019, if I'd woken up then before lockdown, 
you know, I could have been enjoying my millions of followers by now. But anyway, never mind. We're not bitter. (laughs) We're not bitter. (laughs) And so what else were you doing? Presumably you weren't generating loads of cash straight from the offer, were you? I started doing one-to-ones. That's what I was mostly doing. One-to-ones, offering workshops. I was even talking at events about it just because there was no one else to ask. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Penny, get Penny out of the woodwork. Dig, dig her up. She knows about TikTok. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I think it was mostly a lot of one-to-one work and then sort of nurture packages and things like that. So I think it's a lot to do with, mostly with women in my age group, there's a lot of confidence mm. issues in terms of speaking on camera, which is quite important on TikTok skills. So just the, you know, understanding the back end. And it was quite simple then. It gets got more complicated now. And mindset as well, you know, spotting those opportunities and just not seeing it as a chore, but actually something that you can work into your daily life. So tell us how you do that, because I don't know about you, but I hear all the time from business owners going, no, I'm not going anywhere near TikTok. I ain't got time for that, basically. (laughs) Do you hear that lots too? Yeah, I hear it all the time. I don't know. There's so many things to say about that. One is I think a lot of business owners have a crack at TikTok, but don't actually take it seriously or just hope for quick viral success. And I think if you don't take it seriously or give yourself a period of time to experiment in, you're not going to be able to review and refine. You can't say it doesn't work because you posted once in November. It doesn't work like that. And people maybe didn't like it. It takes time. I think a lot of businesses are already posting on Instagram, on other platforms. So firstly, post those Instagram reels on TikTok. If you can take the watermark off, do that better still. What I find works on TikTok is just your personality being yourself. And once you conquer that, it's the easiest kind of content you can ever make. So once you've got used to seeing yourself on camera and you can talk for a minute about your expertise or that little episode in your day that just happened that's relatable or to ask an opinion of your viewers, it's quick and it's easy. It's just you. There's no sort of polished, clever editing skills involved. It's you maybe some good audio and some decent lighting, but you can even get away with not having that too much. So that's like really a very liberating sort of confidence step forward where it can just be you in the camera. And that's what people are going to like about you most is you've been able to talk to camera. So let's talk about that for a minute because talking to camera feels very doable to me, whereas setting up quite elaborate, I'm going to say sets, but you know... (laughs) scenarios in my home office or my garden office here, whatever, that feels like a lot more work. It feels a lot more scary. Oh, I don't really want to show everybody, you know, head to toe. I'd much rather just speak to camera. How important do you think it is to have a mix of all of these things when it comes to your TikTok content? I think it's important to have a mix of formats, but it doesn't have to be a mix of necessarily you doing more curated videos. In fact, you know, TikTok's the skanky cousin, isn't it? It's fine. You sit in your car and make the video. It all works. Be doing your makeup or be, you know, cooking or organizing your plants, organizing your desk, writing something. Literally no one cares that that should not hold you back. I think it's more interesting to experiment with different formats. So there's a real push this year from TikTok to have longer form content because it's not a social media platform. It's an entertainment and search platform. So longer videos, you should definitely experiment with those over 61 seconds. They are getting a little bit of a push from the algorithm. So just being able to talk for a long time or even do a vlog day in the life, that sort of thing. I think just recording sort of 
two or three second snippets of your day that you can put together once a week is brilliant. This is the day in my life of, you know, a TikTok trainer. This is what I'm doing. People love that stuff. They like to see. They love your fails. They love your wins. And then, of course, there's the trends like the short videos, but none of it requires anything other than what's in front of you. You can do it all from your desk if you want to. And in fact, I say that to Gen X business owners. Do it sitting down if you feel a bit old. (laughs) Sit down. Be fine. Yeah, (laughs) grab a seat. It's like, you're not too old. You just need to sit down. Grab a seat. (laughs) Pop your slippers on. (laughs) Love it. Okay, so really what I'm taking from that is in order to become more confident or comfortable with showing up on TikTok, we need to try and relax, not take ourselves too seriously and get into this habit of capturing small snippets all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when people say like, be your authentic self, it's actually really hard. It's not an easy Mm. thing to do at all to be yourself. I recommend to my clients to record videos of themselves talking, just get used to it and stick it in your drafts. You don't have to post it, Mm. but just get used to yourself and be critical of yourself. You can turn your camera. Once you've done your video, you can just listen to yourself speaking without looking. And then you can look without the sound. You can just perhaps look at the, do a transcript of what you're talking about. See how you like that. You can just improve a little bit or just go hardcore with your editing and cut out all the bits you don't like. But once you're used to that, it doesn't even require too much editing. So it's quite, I hate to use the word, easy, simple once you've tried a few times. But you do obviously take it very seriously. You are not serious on TikTok. (laughs) That's not what I mean. You've obviously got a great sense of humour, but you've gone all in on TikTok. What gets you so excited about this platform and making videos on here? Oh God, it's just so funny. I decided as a Gen X woman, what I do for work needs to make me happy. Otherwise, I just don't want to be doing it. It has to be fun. And obviously there's loads of really boring bits as well, but generally with a smile on my face. So I love the essence of TikTok, like the joining in. I love the way that you could take you know, say like a trending sound from Saltburn and Monzo Bank are doing their version. The National Gallery are doing another version. You know, the small art shop down the road is doing their version. So everyone's joining in. And I just love that sort of cross section of humanity or sort of like having, it feels like the essence of TikTok to be doing that, which is really, really good fun. But also what I love is that I don't feel like my audience has expectations necessarily of my content in the same way as they might do on Instagram, for example, which feels a little more tightly packed in terms of what I might put out. I mean, there's some things I do on TikTok I would never, ever dream of putting on Instagram. I just think I'd be booted off the platform (laughs) at the very least. But yeah, I like that space to be yourself. I find that a lot easier. I can jump on camera and talk for three minutes People have time for substance in videos now, whereas I think on Instagram, there's a lot of sort of three second videos and lots and lots of captions. And I just think, oh, just just say it. Just tell me what it's about. Just show me. That's what I like about TikTok. And so what is the longest video that you can upload to TikTok at the moment? So on your phone, I think the longest you can record inside the app is 10 minutes. Some people can upload up to 30 minutes. I've never tried. And I've seen from the desktop, you can upload 15 minutes. So it's just getting longer and longer all the time. And now you can do landscape videos as well. So it's just, it's sort of taking on a kind of a YouTube looking persona, probably because they'll want to stick ads there and just keep sort of competing with the entertainment side of the websites. 
I have to say, when you're talking about the essence of TikTok being joining in, one of my favourite ones that I saw, probably 2023, I think, was when Kylie Minogue released Padam Padam and the Hobbycraft staff did their own version. Are we talking Hobbycraft Wimbledon? That's down the road for me. I go in there to talk to them because I love them so much. It was amazing. (laughs) I'm so glad you said that because I feel like a lunatic um, when I talk about Hobbycraft Wimbledon. I mean, they have banged out one after the other of classic trends. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So good. And I'm assuming because they keep doing it, they must be getting some great results. Have you ever asked them? Um, I haven't asked them. I should ask yeah. them. Actually. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit awestruck when I get it. And I'm like, it's you. It's you. You're you're that lady. And I'm... Talk celebs. I'm giving you my money to buy the thing I don't need just so I can look at you. <laughs> well, ask them, please. And then come back and tell me and we can put it in the show notes. Because I bet other people would yeah. like to know. I mean, like everyone basically wants to go there. Well, we're going down to London for Wimbledon in July. So maybe we'll have to go there too. <laughs> of course you have to go. Yeah, and you can sort of make your own tennis racket or something. That would be <laughs> Okay, so we've talked about you feeling that you were almost enough of an early adopter to grow a great audience. But regardless, you've managed to grow a great business through TikTok. What about for those people who are listening who were not early adopters and might be interested in growing an audience on there now? Is there any point or is it too late? No, do it. I mean, what we're doing on TikTok is growing audiences. So those audience will then convert to your mailing list. So if you want to grow a mailing list, if you need to sell your products or your services to a new audience get on TikTok, grow that audience. It's still reasonably undersaturated. Like those people like Monzo, all those bigger institutions, they haven't been there long because they haven't understood how they'd fit. But it is undersaturated. There's plenty more space for everyone. I'd say do your research. The other thing that I think people forget about is user-generated content. So take your recent marketing event I saw a lot of content about that on TikTok. Now, if you don't have a TikTok account, one, you don't know it's there. No one can tag you in. So you're missing out on so much free reviews, testimonials, marketing, content that you can then reshare to your network. So often I say, you know, you don't have to go full in on TikTok, but have an account, have some videos, tell people where you like to hang out, tell people what your business is about. And I'd say that's sort of the very least, but even just doing that will be really useful for your business. But I would say, Create some time in your business, a month to three months, go in, have a go seriously, decide you're going to do it and just bloody do it because, you know, otherwise there's a lot of dilly dallying on TikTok or hoping for, you know, these amazing viral results. You don't need viral results. You don't need that. It's the same on all platforms. And it happens to me all the time. You have no idea who is watching. You just do not know. Another thing that works really well on TikTok, which I love about it, which I think a lot of people don't always know is that it's a time-delayed platform. So your content works really hard for a really long time. So if I post a video today, when I get new followers, they're going to see all of my videos over time. So if you followed me today, every time you open TikTok, you're going to think, oh, she's posting a lot. She's done so many videos. But in fact, it's just older videos. The TikTok's showing you everything. So in terms of your evergreen content, it works really hard. So I might have like how-to tutorials on TikTok, 
I'm still getting views and, you know, semi-viral moments from videos I posted two years ago. And so do you pin them at the top? Some of them, yeah. The ones that are most relevant, the ones that are maybe doing best at the moment, they kind of come and go. But you'll often see that a video you posted a month ago, weeks ago, will suddenly start picking up in momentum. It might have been stuck in the 200s, 300s, and you think, oh, it hasn't done well. What am I doing? I've done it all wrong. No, it takes time. It's not Instagram where you might have a, you know, quite a small window for most of your results. And on Instagram, for example, if you follow someone new today, you're never, ever going to be showed all of their previous content. You'd have to scroll back yourself to look at it. So it works really hard. So everything you're laying down is really good foundations. And then you might be sort of just puffing it out a bit with more fun stuff, trends and other things you're joining in with. So you've been on there almost four years. Yeah. And what have been some of your favourite moments or favourite bits of content, perhaps, that have performed really well for you during that time? Well, the content that performs best for me is how-tos, any how-to, simply labelled, nice and SEO searchable, how to do this, how to do that. Some of my trends have as well. I mean, there's just been some brilliant stuff. I mean, I've danced. I've seen you dancing. You do lots of dancing. I can't dance for toffee, but I'm like, I'm so carried away by this whole thing. It's like, let's call it mum dancing (laughs) or something. No one cares. No one cares. I'm just enjoying myself. Yeah, I think the trends, joining in with trends and just seeing how you can recreate them. And then another format you might have seen is that you can do a duet of a duet of a duet of a duet of a duet. And it can just go on. So have you seen where people are like putting their hands and then in the other screen, someone's holding your hand and it's just, it's so creative. Yeah, it's very creative. And do you ever run out of ideas, Penny? No. No, Lisa, if you want ideas, ask me. My brain is literally exploding. I need to share them with someone. (laughs) And so do you spend a long time on TikTok trying to get inspiration? Well, the thing is, I'm working with clients. So I look for clients. I want inspiration for clients. I want things that might suit their personalities. So that's what I'm looking for, really. Okay. In terms of my own stuff, yes, a bit. So, you know, you've got the For You page and then you've got a following feed and a friend's feed. So I'd say go on the For You page. It's a bit tailored to you, but it's also quite generic. It's showing you things that have really blown up. The following page is people you've elected to follow. And that's quite good hive of information. There might be certain creators that I follow who I know are doing a really good job or, you know, like big businesses that have big web teams. And you think, oh, they've done their research. Let me just see what they've posted about. Yeah. (laughs) What trend are they doing? Maybe I could do that too. Thank you, marketing team. (laughs) So you've, you've kind of always got your ear to the ground or you've always got half an eye at least on what's happening on there. And you mentioned that that's because you are doing it for clients as well. Is that because you're creating content for them or you're just helping advise them on what to create themselves? So no, I don't really create content for clients. Sometimes I do editing, sometimes I do, but I feel that it's so personality driven. I think it's better to do it for yourself or, or sometimes I train teams to do it if it's a bigger business. Oh, so have you trained any corporate type teams? No, smaller okay. teams, no, like charities yeah. and yeah, lots of really different sectors actually. And then I do a lot of workshops as well. No, I haven't done a really big one that I could claim as my massive TikTok victory. That would be nice. I just find it so hilarious, these huge brands that are on TikTok not taking themselves too seriously. I love it. Yeah. So another one I love on TikTok is the National Philharmonic. They do the trends. They've got one of those brilliant trends where you kind of come out of the lift and just, you know, really sassy walking, chuck all the papers out of the way because you've, you know, just had your win. And a lot of people are doing, yeah, I got 200 views or, you know, 
whatever piece of music they played. I love those. And they started that trend. And I love the way that they could start a trend like that. And yet it's interspersed with, you know, serious moments from their concerts. And I think there's a real balance that you can create. And I love the way that as a serious business can have fun with it, as well as sharing their sort of core evergreen important content. I think it's that juxtapositioning isn't it it's almost like fashion if you wear something that's really high end and then you match it with something that's really not (laughs) that whole mix and juxtapositioning of things whether it's video clothing whatever that kind of gives me joy (laughs) to see my current tiktok crush is michael barrymore and who'd have thought oh really but have you seen michael barrymore on tiktok no i haven't you need to go and have a look (laughs) Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. (laughs) Okay, good. Top tip. (laughs) All right. So I haven't gone all in on TikTok. We're definitely an Instagram first strategy, my team. But I have noticed that the content of mine that does best on TikTok is usually trends related. So how much of what you're doing on your channel is trends related versus your own creativity? Oh gosh, I'd like to say I was a bit of a grown up and it was less trends and more serious content. In my head, it's about 60% sort of evergreen, useful, educational content and about 40% would be divided between trends, but also reactive content. So like maybe green screen commentary or the other format that I love on TikTok is the video reply to comments. I don't know if you ever do those, but that can just like generate so much content when you go and look in your comments and you just do a video reply. You could just show something or celebrate something. I mean, you could just go on and on and on. So it's kind of like the more you post on that terms, the more you're going to have to post about. Yeah, so I do lay out those foundations. I don't know if you've seen when you get to 10K followers, you have a playlist. I don't know if you've noticed that. So above your grid, you can actually divide your content into categories. So I sort of go forward with that in mind, thinking that when I get to 10K, I can do, you know, like educational how-tos and that will be in one category. So that makes it a lot easier to sort of binge watch or just find all the relevant information. I think a lot of trends aren't suitable for you as a business owner. You don't have to do them. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't go close to them. Trends can also be just using the music as background sound to something else that you're doing. I like the lip syncs. I, I use that sort of clone character. So I, I look like I'm talking to someone else. And that's sort of my thing. <laughs> it's been my thing for a while, just because it allows me to be a bit more playful and have fun with the trends. And then, of course, we've had universal music take down the sounds. So yes, that's quite important, I think, for business owners to understand you don't have to have music in your video. In fact, if you're talking about something that's important, don't add sound. It might get you a couple of extra views, but it's not actually relevant. And if that music gets taken down, so will your voice and then you don't have a good video left. So I'd just be cautious of that. Yeah, that's a really good tip. I read an article about that this week, actually. It was somebody saying that they think actually Universal are going to be the big losers in this scenario rather than TikTok. Any thoughts? I think TikTok's been a lot of the making of some of their artists and, you know, trends around, you know, the minute anything those big artists were doing, we were jumping on board and it's just not there anymore. But I think on the other hand, it gives space to, you know, a lot of emerging artists. And actually, we just like nice music on TikTok, so it doesn't really matter who's doing it. We're always fangirling over someone, but, you know, it doesn't have to be someone famous. 
I think it's been hard for smaller musicians, less established ones who might have been using a universal distribution company or something like that, where they're not really working with universal, but they're still affected by the block. That's hard. Yeah, they're still missing out. Okay, so let's get real, Penny. Have you worked out your strategy to make money on TikTok? And does it involve TikTok shop or how are you working this all out? Okay, so how much money are we talking about before I tell you about TikTok shop? Are you mean surviving or drinking coffee? <laughs> like enough to live on, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't my TikTok shop. But if you like coffee, you're in business. Well, I do have a TikTok shop, but I don't make many videos about the things okay. that are in there because I feel a bit awkward about it. So I'm not making the most of it. So what do you have in there? Well, microphone, ring light. So I'd only ever want to put forward things that I genuinely use and like, and also not tat. And I think a lot of those things like ring lights and microphones, are oh, they all made of plastic, aren't they? So I feel like I've got a bit of a conscience about it that makes me uncomfortable. I would like to start a made in Britain, made in your, you know, like a revolution of things so you really know what you're buying on TikTok. So I think that's really interesting. There's some really lovely brands that you can. So I'm a TikTok affiliate shop, which means I can just sell other people's products, but I don't have my own. So I think it's really interesting. And I think it's really the way it's brilliant for brands because it means that creators are just making videos and some of them are doing really, really well. There's been some fantastic success stories there's opportunity to go all in with that, but then you have obligations of making content and stuff, which I think we could live without. So I think the big thing you want to bear in mind, you're on TikTok to build an audience, get that audience off TikTok onto your mailing list. And that's where the money making comes in because you're going to sell to your mailing list as you would with any other platform. It's always the same old story, but that's what it is. You've built a new platform. Yes. There are lots of other ways to monetize on TikTok. You can have a series. I don't know if you've seen those. I buy series sometimes. So I've bought a fitness series where someone's got like 16 videos and they're quite cheap. I probably mm. spent six or seven pounds on it, but I'm like, that's quite nice. Then there's another marketeer I love, like a public speaker. I've bought his series, 99p. So I suppose they could be tripwires to get you onto YouTube or onto, yeah. I don't know, accelerators or whatever. TikTok just has loads and loads of ways of making money. You can monetize from lives. So you can be paid for lives. Creators over 100,000 can be sent gifts for their videos. But, you know, unless you go all in on these things, it's only ever spare change. Yeah. I kind of work on a cycle because I've been bound by school holidays for so long. And because, you know, we were always in Italy, my husband's Italian. I'd like to keep the holidays free because we've got stuff to do there as well. It's like a different life we live. And so I launch my course. I do my course, wrap up my course, offer a membership to my course just for the second and third month of that cycle and then do some public speaking one-to-ones that sort of thing the rest of the time and then start launching the course again so it's just on a cycle which means like now I'll have a couple of weeks of Easter where I won't be doing anything at all go back do the course so I've carved it out like that so I'm not actually working 12 months of the year just to be a mum and for it to be sustainable. <laughs> so you mentioned using TikTok as a way to grow your email list. And I would love to hear more about how you specifically are doing that for yourself. So I literally just have a call to action. I talk about my email list and then use a call to action, link in the old bio, go and sign up. So I've had lead magnets to help people sign up. I've also done challenges 
to my email list. So the last one I did was just before Christmas about growing an audience or just things about TikTok you might not know. It's just sort of informative weeks that I do. So those sort of things will help grow my email list. I think I described it wrong. They're not challenges. I just share information for a week. It's kind of like go and discover things on TikTok that you may not know are there and look what these people are doing and how they're doing it so that you just come away and think, oh, okay. So instead of looking at it as just videos coming in and out, you're actually beginning to be more critical about it and then see how it can work for you. So it sounds a bit like a sprint to get people really interested and get them learning from you, getting to know you. Yeah, but I think it's quite nice and low temperature because you can just enjoy it and read it and be educated without sort of feeling, oh my God, I've got to be on TikTok and doing it. It's like opening the door for a little peek look. And then if you have a TikTok business account, which I don't, you can actually have a subscribe link so people can click on your link and leave their name. So it doesn't actually go into your email provider. You just get a list, but then you can update those. And why would somebody want to or not want to have a TikTok for business account? Well, for me, it was because of the music and the trends. I feel like that's quite a driver. So I'd say that, I don't know if you're aware of this, but when you're new to TikTok, your first sort of goal is to get to 1,000 followers where you get a web link and you can also go live. But if you have a TikTok shop, not a TikTok creator shop like me, but a TikTok shop, or you need to have a business account, some people would prefer business accounts just because of these links that you can have. I think the analytics are better, although the analytics are exceptional on the creator account as well. They're absolutely superb, very detailed. And you can apply to have a web link straight away. So you'd have to go through an application process. But if that's important to your business, you could have that straight away. But I feel that the music helps in that growth towards 1,000 followers. Okay, so I feel as if you have shared lots of different options, lots of different ways that people can become familiar with TikTok and be inspired and come up with this plethora of ideas that you clearly get from spending so much time on the platform and just being a creative person. What specifically do you think people need to focus on if they want to succeed on TikTok in 2024? SEO. I'd say SEO is the most important thing. So doing your research, knowing what your keywords are, making sure your keywords are going into your videos so that you can be discovered. And you wouldn't only be discovered on TikTok, but also if people are still using Google. Does anyone still use Google? (laughs) People are still using Google to search for information. Your videos actually come up in Google as well. So I think that's the single most important thing. But I think keep it simple. Like Don't get overwhelmed. Start simple, then add layers as you go be critical of yourself. You don't need to bother with fancy effects, transitions. You don't need to go there. Keep it simple. Tell everyone what you're here for and review and refine. Brilliant. Brilliant. That suddenly sounds a whole lot more achievable than having to be a minor celebrity (laughs) creating fabulous videos every day. (laughs) Okay. So I was laughing to myself there when you said about do people still Google things? And it just made me think, I took my daughter down to London twice in 2023. And both times, she's 13, both times she planned our entire trip on TikTok. And it kind of blew my mind. And we were going to all these amazing little shops and cafes and... Bougie cafes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know, exactly the same in my house when we've done trips and we went to Manchester. Yeah, we got the whole list of restaurants, you know, for all tastes, all prices. We know it all. I was like, children, do your research. It is absolutely brilliant. And you can tag geographically as well. So if you actually have a business where footfall matters or geographical location matters, that's absolutely brilliant. But yeah, I mean, it's all there. And actually, I saw lately a statistic where Gen Z, so I think that's people 
in their 25 to 35, roughly at the moment, roughly, are using TikTok more than Google to search. And definitely millennials and Gen X are catching on because it is all there. And I think that's the prime example, planning a holiday, what beaches to go to in Greece. It's superb. It's all there and it's visual. Yeah. (laughs) That's literally what she is planning this summer. (laughs) I love learning like that. I love seeing it like that because then I can decide. So loads of opportunities. What do you think is next for you on TikTok? Have you got any personal goals or things that you want to achieve on the platform this year? Oh, I feel like my TikTok career is one big experiment. I'm constantly just testing and seeing what would happen if I do that. So I love the longer form content. So I'm definitely going to do a lot more of that. I love the vlogs, stay in your life, voiceovers, love those. I don't know if you've seen the carousel posts where you just slide through with your finger. Absolutely brilliant. It's just photos, but that's a brilliant one. Keep growing and develop the TikTok shop. I think that's with British brands. Yeah, I think that's something I feel quite passionately about. And it's embryonic, but I think that would be something I could also feel really good about. Great. And where can we learn from you, Penny, other than on TikTok itself? Can we hear you speaking anywhere this year, delivering workshops, that kind of thing? Yeah, right. So lots of different ways to do that. I am speaking at some regional events coming up over the next couple of months. You can find out about those via my link in bio on either Instagram or TikTok. I do do one-to-one training as well and bespoke training and my next what the top course kicks off in may so all in the link in bio that's the best place to look amazing and what is your handle please it's bar bruiser underscore social so tell me why is it that <laughs> okay so italian husband italian surname is bruiser rosco ah. <laughs> when i first started the business I'm full of regret for this name, but we've got it. We're doing it. We're, we're sticking with it. Barbrizo was like, you know, in Italy where you sort of do business over coffee. Ah, It's kind of got lost in my move to England. Like we just don't do that anymore. It seems irrelevant, but it was just like place to do business in the bar. It's Barbrizo. Nice. It made great sense at the time. It makes sense now you've explained it. But I get called Barbara do all you? the time. <laughs> Even by people who know me well. Hi, Barbara. <laughs> I'm also called Barbara, if you would like that, yes. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Barbara. Uh, I mean, Penny. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me today. We will, of course, link to your TikTok and Instagram in the show notes. And I, for one, will be keeping a close eye on you leading the way on TikTok this year. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've loved talking to you. Excellent. See you soon. Bye. joining Penny and me for today's episode of the Audience Growth Podcast. I'll be back as always next Friday at 7am. Until then, take care and keep marketing.